Hi Tom, hi Steve, ich wünsche euch eine tolle Show. Vielleicht kann ich bald meinen Senf dazugeben. Welcome everybody to Masters for Fundication. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Files. That was hard. I really, really wanted to say something. I know. <laughs> I was wondering what that little snicker was there. After after you like be quiet, I'm like, okay, now I really need to say something. <laughs> Just anything. Make a noise. I don't care. Just getting rid of the empties. Uh it's gonna be a wild ride. How many buds can one person pound? Oh, there he goes. Um <laughs> uh, a little PBR. PBR, that's for rich people. Um, it did win a prize. It did. Yeah. Blue it's got ribbon. the blue ribbon to <laughs> prove it. Um, what's going on with you? Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I've been watching, I've been binge watching The Boys on on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I have watched the first episode and probably two thirds of the second episode. Okay. Did that, I can't remember at what point she pops up, but the character Popclaw. Do you nope, remember not, seeing her? Not there yet. Okay, there's a character named Popclaw. And if for anybody that's listening doesn't know what the whole boys is, it's actually pretty good. You should watch it. It's a deconstruction kind of of superheroes. The superheroes are assholes. There's well, it's group like of guys. If, if people who weren't virtuous had superpowers. Or like <laughs> yeah. basically normal people have superpowers and how it's, they it's superpowers brought to you by a corporation. Like it's all PR and bullshit and lies and glamour and but they're all like power hungry and you know shit like that. Well, they're not just power, super power superheroes. They're also actors and actresses. Yeah, they they have corporate sponsors. It's they do endorsements, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's the background. So you, it's you're dealing with superheroes. There's this one character. It's a woman. She's named Popclaw, and her only power is she does like a she like moves her wrist and like these bone spikes pop out of her wrist. Okay, mm-hmm. that's it. They're kind of they're they're when they pop out they're maybe like I don't know ten inches or so beyond the tip of her finger. What use is that? Let me ask you. Well, like I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to see your opinion because I'm racking my brain, and this okay. is just like a thought experiment, I guess. What use is would that be? Because well, I'm I trying mean, to think of a they, practical are they, application. Are they her bones? There's something. They... There's some kind of calcified spike. Okay, so they're sharp. Yeah, one each, um, one one on each arm. I'm gonna say that if that's it's, her only power then her it would have to be like sneaking up on um like sneaking up behind somebody and stabbing them with it because you'd risk too much if you approach them from the front but right like stabbies step 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 i'm just trying to think of in the world of any kind of the world of superheroes and i think maybe this is the point because this is kind of like lampooning superheroes but in the world of superheroes she ain't Wolverine, you know. She's not a ninja with a you know right. impeccable fighting skills with unbreakable bones and heals from any wound. Yeah. She could poke people with her bone. Yeah, and I'm just I'm 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 racking my brain thinking. At first, I'm like, you know, having superpowers would be cool. Then I'm like, what if you had that superpower? How much of a bummer? Boring. Like you wouldn't even make you wouldn't make a good assassin because a good assassin would have a fucking knife or something if they had to right. get close. Anyways, yeah. What are you doing that something with a knife can't do? You know. <laughs> Maybe it'll be explained in the last episode. Maybe. 
I doubt it. Let me ask you this question about Wolverine, since you're the resident comic book expert. Sure. Wolverine was brought back from a drop of blood, correct? Uh, actually, yes. Weirdly enough, in one obscure comic book. Okay. How did you know that? That actually, actually blew my mind up that you do that. Why? Because that's a super, super obscure comic book. Like, I, I would give you nine-tenths of X-Men fans would not even know that reference. Oh, come on. Unless they you're must. thinking of something else. Unless no. you're thinking of something else. But No. So Okay. So here's my thing. So he was brought back. If Wolverine somehow had his arm chopped off. Yeah. He'd grow another arm, correct? That's debatable. But probably. Okay. Well, let's... There was, there was one comic book where, and they kind of stole it from DC, if I remember right, but there was a whole thing where Professor X had secret files on how to kill all the X-Men, you know, just uh-huh. in case they went rogue. Mm-hmm. And his rogue. thing... Yeah. Sorry. Ew. Sorry. Pun Sorry. not intended, but that was good. Mm-hmm. He called me on it. Uh, <laughs> so his thing for Wolverine was not only just chop his head off, but chop his head off and take it far away from his body so it wouldn't oh, reconnect. I gotcha. Well, I'm just... Wondering, like, if he could regrow like a finger, sure, right? Why wouldn't the finger regrow another Wolverine? Be- because ah. when you when you cut your leg, let's say, like big gashing leg, and the skin heals over, yeah, is it growing like a fucking nipple out of there too? I I don't know. I'm not a medical <laughs> okay. scientist. Have you? Have you- have you ever grown extra nipples? I guess that's the first question we should fact check. I have a bit. whole farm of nipples <laughs> out back. I got a garden full of nipples every and day. I tell you what, I got those suckers grow. You can't get rid of them. They're like blackberry <laughs> bushes. You just can't get rid of them. You pull them up by the root, and the next day they're there. <laughs> I got. I'm. I'm. Your silly neighbors walk by. Hey, Todd, what you doing? Ah, taking care of the nipple tree. <laughs> Trimming the nipples. <laughs> they just. They don't go away. No. You don't. Yeah, it's like, why don't you do something with the decorated nipples are useless for men? Uh, well, at Christmas we do. We throw up some lights. <laughs> but <laughs> well, so pop claw. I am never gonna get rid of a nipple tree in my mind. It's gonna be there forever. It's a wondrous thing. <laughs> Out but there, no, so if you, the nipples. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna say dicks, but I thought I'd censor myself because <laughs> not to go too crudely. Nipples was nipples was the classy. I, Oh, example. well, the nipple tree is right next to the dick tree. Dick tree. <laughs> yeah. you gotta, the dick tree provides a service, though. It's, it's, a, it's a whole orchard. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. <laughs> Wondrous. It's great. Uh, so I um, I went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home today. Okay. Did you stay for the after credits? I did. I stayed for all of the after credits. The two nice. after credits. And I have to say, spoiler alert. For anybody mm. that has not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, doesn't want to have the after credit scenes ruined, which I'm about to do. Go fuck yourselves. Hit mute for at least the next 45 minutes. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's strap in. Let's do it. <laughs> no. Uh, I think the the final, the final scene kind of cheapens the whole thing. It was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I no, loved- I know. I it laughed. Was, it was pointless, but kind of head scratchy a little bit. But well, I laughed. It was very, very funny. Yeah, and it was funny at the expense of the rest of the movie. It mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. cheapens the rest of the movie. Um, but so guess what, Spider Man? You're not actually that important. <laughs> and I don't know. Just you, Nick Fury is Nick Fury. The whole scene where the the drone 
goes uncloaked in front of him and he says, you got me. And then Colby Smolders is up there and she shoots the rocket and blows it up. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I got you. That wasn't even the, now even yeah. that's cheap. That <laughs> cheapens it. It's like every moment him and Spider-Man had every little joke. Every, every you, little are you quip. ghosting me? Are you ghosting me? Yeah. All of that. Boring. Me, means nothing. Means nothing. That might have, oh. That's not even Nick Fury's personality. Right. Maybe we don't even know now. <laughs> right. Would and it was and it was a throwaway scene. It was just something for last to put in there at the end. And yeah, and it was fun. But I gotta say, let me let me see. I come completely unprepared. How long has Far From Home been in the theaters? Three years. Multiverse time travel. I like how the multiverse was. Um, the multiverse thing was just blown out of the water. Okay, so well, Far from- Doctor Strange. We'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> so it's been out for a month, actually. Almost exactly. June 26th. We're, okay. we're recording this on July 27th. So For now. Uh, for 18 more minutes. For 18 more minutes. And then we'll move on to the 28th. However, four weekends. So Spider-Man Fire From Home has been in theaters for four weekends. That fucking theater was packed. Really? Absolutely packed. Because uh, the theater was kind of full when I saw it, but not absolutely packed. Well, like I, I saw it on Sunday, the Sunday after uh, the opening weekend, and it was, you know, it was full enough, but it wasn't like unless you sat all the way down front, which nobody does because well, unless you're crazy, like yeah. so, there were no crazy people there sitting up front in the back rows, the normal rows where you sit, there was no place to sit. Every row had somebody in it, and the people were spread out so much that there was really no place to sit where you weren't at least one seat away from another person. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I call that packed for a four week run. I call that packed. We bought tickets and I expected to be in there by ourselves. I expected to have the theater yeah. all to ourselves. Not the case. Completely. And I bet a lot of those people were second, maybe third time viewers too. Possibly. That's the power of Marvel still going strong. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do while we're right here? Hmm? I'm going to look up how much it's made. Not as much as The Lion King, if I had to say. I bet you, you the Lion King beat it. You are saying that the Lion King after one week has beat Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Already? I think so. Okay, domestic. I'm I won't count foreign because it's if you yeah, include if you include the foreign market, it's it's knocking on a billion dollars door. It's at nine eighty eight. Spider Man. Spider Man Far From Home <laughs> has grossed domestically three hundred and thirty five million. If I round up 336 million. In the line of the That was moving. Yeah. Oh. Um, domestic totals as of July 26 are 297 million. Okay. 298 if I round up, if I'm fair, and round up 298. So, yeah, but you got to take into account the quality of the dollars. Think, think, think about it. The quality of the dollar? Yeah. Yeah, I totally have something I mean here, and I'm not just pulling words out of my ass. <laughs> I mean it. So, you know, I'm right. Okay. So, anyways, moving on. <laughs> well, here are a couple of interesting little things. Spider-Man is a Disney. It's on loan from Sony. So, it's only Disney property being loaned, whereas The Lion King, that's straight-up Disney dollars. And that's what I meant. That's totally what I meant. So, so if Disney- you took... If you took I'm going towards Sony, one entity, <laughs> if yes. you took the Sony money out of Spider-Man, yeah. 
Yeah. Then yes, I'm, it is. I'm glad. Me. I'm glad you knew what I meant. I'm so yeah. glad. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, we've been doing this long enough. I know. Right. I read my mind. I know how to uh, decipher. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I bet you in, get the Steve I, Rosetta Stone. I bet long run the Lion King does make more. Yeah, just because it appeal to more people. After four weeks, its worldwide gross will definitely top uh, Spider Man. And Spider Man: Far From Home. That's it. It it takes place almost entirely in Europe. So it's got some. It's got some pro European, anti U.S. jokes. In it. There are a couple of jokes that I, I guess I remember some the anti Aloha thing, but I'm not trying to remember. The well, the, there's the uh, when he. Uh, he and his boy are talking about going to Europe. He's like, we're going to Europe. Everybody in Europe loves America. Oh, right, right, right. And, yeah. and Peter Parker just kind of looks at him like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a it was a decent movie. It was a fun uh, romp that explained the snap in. It gave you some stuff. It like I liked how it gave you like, by the way, this snap thing is going to fuck with a lot of people when they come back after being disappeared for five years yeah they called it the blip yeah and there's actually a little bit of continuity not problems just continuity things going on within the universe where like these people didn't age but the people who were left behind did age so you know there's that well it's like the asian kid that was his rival yes if he's if he aged five years why is he still in school with them you know <laughs> and not only just that the same grade because you assume they weren't all seniors when they disappeared and it's you know pretty convenient that him and all his friends are the ones that disappeared nobody you know not a single one of his inner circle moved right. out without him you know that I mean, which okay fine you can yeah. you can plot armor that up i guess but well let's just say that they they did some explaining it 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 fit in quite nicely with endgame and yeah but what you're not going to see is the drama like the wives appearing, their husbands have remarried, or the husbands appearing, the wives have remarried. There's a five year old kid in the mix, and right. But that guy, but that guy did say his girlfriend. What did he, what did he say? His girlfriend, fuck the teacher, made a joke about his girlfriend oh, or it, something. Yeah, she faked being snapped. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ran off. Right. <laughs> he's like, we had a fake funeral. Well, it was a real funeral, but she wasn't really dead. Yeah. That, that that scene was actually really funny. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yes, worth watching. Where I'd I'd go see it. I I tell you what, between the two, Into the Spider Verse is a better movie. It was funnier. Yeah, I yeah. Agree with that. I, if you're itching to see Spider Man in action and you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse yet, definitely see it. It is a great movie. Yeah, the animation style is fantastic. Yeah, like cartoon, but still computer. Like it was, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anything yes. else? Uh, I'm spending too much money on things for my childhood. Huh? Well, you are uh, the ripe age mm. for the picking. You are. You have some ripe nipples. <laughs> my nipples for- are ready to harvest. You've got some harvest. <laughs> harvest time has come. The reaping of the nipple. Oh, oh how I've waited for this the day. Silence of the nipples. Watering it. You know, weeding Screaming. it. The screaming of the nipples, <laughs> Clarice. Frias! <laughs> oh my God! Do the nipples still scream, Clarice? <laughs> and what do nipples sound like when they scream? Tell me. Put the lotion on us. <laughs> Wait, what do the nipples sound like? 
That's, that's some good uh, nipple screaming you got going Everybody on. Everybody knows what a nipple sounds like when it, let's yeah. be honest. Well, they do now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to do with an accent. Yeah. Well, those are European nipples. Those are yeah. French nipples. Those They're, are Moroccan. N- nipples. Nobody weeds the French nipples. They just grow all natural. Mm hmm. Uh, yes. So you're spending a lot of money on things from your childhood. Yes. Like, I what, what did you bought, buy? I bought, well, years ago, I bought the hardback full collected edition of Bloom County, mm-hmm. the greatest comic strip ever created. Debatable. 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 No. I am no, Debatable. It's not, it's yes. Not. I'm pretty sure that's scientific. In the Library of Congress, there's a plaque over it says the best. And then there are a bunch of like hooded monks yeah. praying near it with the one of them watches you and waits waits for like an incredulous look or a sarcastically raised eyebrow, and then they then they stab you with a curvy knife. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah. That Library but of Congress. It's a wacky, wacky place. But then recently I bought the collected hardback because you gotta be classy about it. None of this fucking paperback bullshit hardback collected version of the entire run of the far side and calvin and Hobbes, and i am reveling in it it's the greatest like us going through the far side one i have seen stuff from the beginning that i never never saw before because it wasn't made it to the collected ones i had when i was a kid and it was from like 19 he started in like 1980 so you know i was like two years old so i'm not gonna probably read a lot of comic strips when i'm two but I can now. Disposable income, baby. <laughs> uh, I that's not as easy to do. Um, well, maybe it is. Never mind. I'm gonna eat my words. Never mind. Mm. I was just gonna say it's not as easy because uh, I was planning on uh, my mother had a comic strip that she just fell in love with and read it from all the way in the beginning to when it ended and she followed it. I was going to get it for her for her, uh, for like a Christmas gift or whatever. And so I set out to look for the complete volume. It was it Kathy? It's Kathy, wasn't it? No, that's her name. Ah, see. Wow. Uh, no, for better or for worse. Yeah, I remember. And I could not, they didn't have it in a complete volume. You had to buy like the individual books, you know, that you get. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Now that we're talking about it. I am in the bunker, and I'm just going to reach behind me because that's what you do when you're in the bunker, and you you pull out your uh, your individual Ooh. books that you have. I'm I'm showing I'm flashing, which is exactly screen. what I had when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing: is I have uh, you you'd go to the Scholastic Book Fair with you know the ten dollar bill your parents gave you, and you could buy any book. I bought all of the Far Sides, as many as I could. That one, I remember. I absolutely had that one. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this is all you can get of for better or for worse. It was basically just like, I don't know, maybe 150 pages, not even that, 107 pages or so of this run of comic strips. And uh, God, that comic strip had been going for like, you know, I don't know what it was, maybe 30 years, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever the traditional run is for comic strips, but... Uh, you had to buy them individually. They're like 30, 40 bucks a piece. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I want to get that for my mom for Christmas. <laughs> but that, we're talking like a thousand dollars to have an incomplete set. Well, just now, as we're speaking and we're talking about the far side, I went to Amazon and they have it in complete library in three volumes. Nope. Sorry. Four volumes. One. <laughs> and they're about 30 bucks a piece. So, uh, 
I probably ruined it if my mom's gonna listen to the podcast. Whoops. Maybe I maybe I maybe I'll just edit this out. Never mind. Throughout the trail. But here's the here's the thing. I bet you anything, all these was that one the for better or for worse, is that one hardback? Like um let's see. For better or for worse, complete library volume one, hardcover, hardcover, hardcover. I will bet you that that and the far side and Bloom County and Calvin Hobbs, all this stuff did not exist as a full run collected hardback until I'd say no more than 10 years ago, probably less. Well, like I said, this was this was within the last three or four years. Yeah, I was looking for this for her, for her, for Christmas or her birthday, whichever one I could. And it didn't exist. All you could get were those like, you know, 100 page soft cover yeah. little little teasers. They're the randomly selected, like there was no rhyme or reason. Yeah. <clears throat> not not really chronological. You just whatever editor said, I like these ones, and they just start throwing them in there. Yeah. So what changed in the last 10 years that all of a sudden all these things from the 80s are becoming enhanced and polished up and I would available? Say, I would say that genera- generationally things become more prevalent because a certain generation comes of age enough to either spend their disposable income or they become uh, in a position to create the same things that they fell in love with. That's right. Welcome folks to nostalgia part two Uh, or wait, there's a better, there's a better way. It's generational monetized consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The GMC. We're all about the GMC here. Yeah, it's basically what it is, and that's what we wanted to talk about. It's uh, what we're entertaining ourselves with right now is things from the past, and and that's not true. And I've done some research. I did a little bit of research. It's it's not a huge cross section of what we consume. Let's just give an example. I think okay. that's the best way to do it. Okay, so right now, my generation, uh, I'm 45. I grew up in the 80s. So people from the age of like 40 to 50 right now mm-hmm. who really got an opportunity to enjoy the 80s. I'm not talking, you know, not little, little kids in- during the 80s. I'm talking like they were kids and came of age, turned, you know, basically we came of age in the 80s. Right. We- anything 80s right now is hot. It's hotter than a lit match. It's whether it's Ready Player One or whether it's Stranger Things um even hot tub time machine you know oh yeah like oh yeah you know what i mean like we are anything 80s is entertaining us right now i love uh, hot tub time machine because it was john cusack reliving his glory days. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> the goldbergs um give me give yep. me another one. Oh my i wrote i was we're gonna get to this i'm sure but i okay without looking things up off the top of my head i wrote down what would you call it? generational cycles? Yeah, things made in one era that reflected a previous era. So, like you said, Stranger Things made in the two thousands to twenty teens, but reflecting the eighties. Mm-hmm. I I jotted down, and once I started, I got so much. This is a yeah. thing, but that's it's not exclusive to this generation. Oh no, it's, it's no, no. something I, I, that happens in cycles, and so the, the speaking the of cycles. Can you think of what maybe one of the most popular sitcoms of all time is? Well, and that was che- kind of a play on words. Oh, you mean cycles? Uh, Cheers. That's 
That's a stretch. I don't know what I. Uh, hey. Oh well, I was gonna get to Happy Days. Okay. Okay. But that was one of the most popular sitcoms ever, and that was not. You know, that's not a new thing. That was people in the seventies and eighties watching something from the fifties. Okay, so let's go back to the fifties. Television in the fifties, like springboard for television, mm-hmm. right? You know what they were watching? Westerns. Yep. They were watching westerns. They were watching World War II. We're talking, uh, like Mikhail's Navy. Uh, yeah, Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes stuff well, like that. That was in the sixties. The sixties, and but it it it's not that it hops generations, but F troop was from like the fucking eighteen hundreds. But yeah, right. That you what what you're looking at during that period of time, the people that were in position to mm-hmm. make. Uh, television were making television from things that they enjoyed from the past. Now, frontier life is kind of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, look at it this way. That pop culture, I honestly think popular culture, like mass media, you, you, I'm sure there's historians out there that would argue against me, but I'd say in any shape we would recognize came about in the 20th century. Yeah. So you don't have people in the 1890s going, ah, this... I don't know, fucking book series of novels in the dime store is reliving the 1850s for me, and I love it. I, I don't think that was a thing. No, they were actually, the dime store novels were of people that were still alive. Right. Those, those were like the the quickest gun in the West and, you know, the Doc Holidays and the Dodge City. and Right. You know, they were, that was probably the best real time <laughs> you know that was like that was documentary for him that was news <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like you you keep moving forward and i'm gonna say a couple controversial ones i actually i want to say a controversial one just so i can get it out there but i'll wait till we get to the 80s but it's almost like every single decade had their hit show and i'm talking about a show that was easily in the top 100 more than likely in the top 10 could be in the top three, maybe even the number one show mm-hmm. is a show about something that took place in the past. Like you get into the seventies and you're talking mash. Yep. Like mash the recent, is- within recent memory past. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's a generation of people that have grown up and now they're making consumable entertainment. Like this is what I lived through. And this is a love letter to my childhood. This is, you know, I, I want everybody to know the ki- kind of stuff that I experienced and people love it. People absolutely love it. Now, maybe, you know, or maybe I'm dead wrong, but the honeymooners did that. Was that set in the 50s? Cause it was, you know, made in the fifties. It was on the air in the fifties. Yeah. Was it set in the fifties or was it yes. set in like the thirties or something? No, I think that was set real time. Okay. And the more I looked at a lot of the TV shows, the overwhelming majority of TV shows, are set in real time like the everybody loves raymond or the uh growing pains uh those types of things the majority of them are real oh, yeah. time like this is this is a cross section of what our life is like right now current news uh current president current you know everything it's Pop. it it was actually it was actually rare to have a show like the wonder years which you're talking a top 10 TV show. It's uh, made in the 80s and set in the 60s. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? If they were going to re like I heard this and it was depressing to me. If they were going to remake the Wonder Years today, yeah. it'd be set in the mid 90s. Yes. 
It'd be 1989. Yeah. It, if, that's, if they were going to remake the one who's today, it'd be about this kid being all nostalgic for like the yeah late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Yep, absolutely. And ah. <laughs> <laughs> that depressed because when I watched the Wonder Years as a kid, that was you like I watched it, I liked it, but you could have said it in the fucking Roaring Twenties or World War Two, and it would have had the same thing to me. It was yeah. just here's the story of this kid growing up in a time that I had no clue about. Yeah, Winnie Cooper and, though. Yeah, can't go wrong with Winnie Cooper. No, she's a math she's genius. A, I was gonna say she's a mathematician. <laughs> ah, um. But there, there's a lot of shows. Let me let me get to the one that I'm I think is a little bit controversial. I I think you're gonna be on board with it. Uh, okay. Quantum Leap. Well, yes, uh, by definition, yes, it has to hit it because it was all jumping Ma back. The majority that. of the stuff, not all of it, but the majority of his leaps were to very historical times in the like, 50s and 60s. Right, like the civil rights movement or yep. like women's bright stuff or yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not entirely. JFK. There's a JFK episode too, right? There has to be. It's quantum leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Bakula. He's got a day. Little tangent. I think I've probably talked about this before, but I, I love saying this because it was the greatest thing. Favorite episode of Quantum Leap? Did I ever tell you about that? Probably, but my memory is so terrible that I'm sure. There's this is this exists. There's an episode of Quantum Leap where he goes back to the past to some point. I think it's in the 50s or 60s. It's got to be like the 50s, maybe the 40s. Anyways gotta be no later than the 50s and it's creepy a lot of weird shit's happening um and who's the guy that keeps popping up to show him what twiggy. to do not twiggy ziggy's the computer ziggy. isn't ziggy the computer that the guy looks at like ziggy says blah, blah well blah. he's just a hologram he's not a real right person. but i thought he was like based anyways well that guy ziggy or whatever <laughs> is you know he's giving him advice he's telling sam what to do it was sam right yeah jesus yeah he's telling sam what to do but it's like going wrong. People are dying. Like, and <laughs> creepy shit's happening all over the place. And at the end of the episode, you find out that it's not whatever Ziggy already. It's fucking Satan <laughs> who's pissed that this guy, he says, there's this line, he says, How dare you go back through time and undo what I've done? Like, he's pissed that this Sam guy's fixing all the bad things that happened in the past. Oh, that's great. And he's going to punish him. And then, blah, 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 shenanigans. It was all a dream or something, like it does. Oh, yeah. Dream but secret. the very last thing, there's this kid that's always running around throughout the whole episode, like kind of helping Sam out, or he's like in, in the background, like, oh, I'll, I'll find this guy for you, Mr. Blah, 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 run away. And at the end, the kid's mom calls him and says, Steven, get in the car. Stephen King, I'm telling you right now, uh, get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I'm like, I'm sitting there watching, like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is so <laughs> cool from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I love TV back then where you could get away with that shit. I mean, it's <laughs> so stupid, but lovable in the same way. Yeah, and you look—it's the most fashion ridiculous thing to ever be put on film, but it was it was awesome. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was... it's awesome. Um, okay, I got another controversial one for you. I it'll be easy to talk me out of this one, but mm -hmm. uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah, I can't. I can't be on board with that one. I mean, kind it's of that, about, like you had a bunch of old ladies talk about their glory days, but they didn't set it. Yeah, in. it. But I know. But it's all about them navigating modern times. But they're set in their older ways, and they're always talking about stuff in the past. It's eh. well. What's the key word you use there, though? Blanche. Modern. <laughs> Everybody use Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie, like you wouldn't use Blanche, <laughs> like a dirty, dirty nipple tree. 
Oh god, I'd nipple her tree. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rue Clanahan. They were that was a funny fucking show. I'm just yeah. whether I disagree with you or not, that that show is an underrated gem. That was a weird, like it should not have worked, and it worked great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these oversexed old ladies just talking about banging, banging, banging constantly, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Might as well have been a porn. <laughs> really? I mean, Jesus Christ! Every episode, sex, 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 sex. Yeah. Well, not Betty White. Never die. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. That's it's not. But it's, I, well, I you to... said the keyword was modern times. I mean, they were in modern times. Yeah, they were talking about the past. I mean, it, from that respect, you could put Friends in that category because they had a bunch of episodes that took place in the eighties. True, and those were some of the best episodes. Yeah, yeah, Monica in a fat suit, <laughs> <laughs> Ross with his keyboard. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna stay here and work on my music, <laughs> my sound. That was a great show friends was a great show anyway but it's not it's not entirely tv movies music sounds come back around i think we're getting away from it a little bit um i mean in reality the 80s were what synth you know synthesizer music and we're getting we're getting a lot of synthesizer music now it's just more i don't know less poppy and more i i couldn't tell you what music is anymore oh yeah no Just, i'm i'm trying to listen to modern new like top 40 music and it is nothing like top 40 music from anything i've ever heard before it's just it's a completely different landscape of music so i guess you know what i couldn't i keep hearing names and this we we did a whole episode on this about the music and all you know generation differences and but just just for it's worth saying again. I keep hearing names of whatever's big, whatever band's big, whatever solo act is big, and I know nothing about them. Zero. And I don't care. I don't want. So our entire topic is about these shows set in the past. Yeah. And why they're popular. I'm why they're popular because I don't. I'm, I'm at the point where I don't. <laughs> give, I don't give two shits about the new stuff. And that's actually concerning me. I like. I don't want. I never wanted to be that guy. But I confession time. I am that guy. Yeah. I don't give two shits about the new stuff. I, I don't. Next thing you know, you're going to be opening your window and yelling at the kids to get off your lawn. Listen, you little shits. <laughs> I was a double yesterday. Get the fuck away from my place. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that crap down. Well, it's funny you mentioned music because look at it. Look at when we were, you know, teenagers and such. Some of the bands, B-52s was a total retro fucking band. Yep. D-Light. Remember D-Light Groove is in the heart? Yep. I, I was like snapping my fingers at that song but i didn't appreciate it for what it was because it was like a complete 60s throwback thing mm-hmm. so that was around back then you know if it, if it was a throwback when i was a kid it was probably a throwback to the 60s you know your one right. year your groove is in the heart stuff like that bell right. bottoms made a comeback <clears throat> tie dying was a Did big tie dye ever go out eh, is yeah. it how often do you see tie dye around anymore mm. Well, okay, let me say this. Do you know of anybody that tie-dyes their own shirts? Yes, actually we have a few here. But it's a it's a like a project thing for the kids. It's like not, ever... it's not like, well, I want to make myself a new shirt today, and then I go tie-dye it and I wear it around the house going, look at my tie-dye. <laughs> Wee! I, I couldn't decide on a color, so who did them all? <laughs> I'm expressing myself. <laughs> okay. I'm a hippie. Hipster. I think when you're a hippie after the fact, it's just hipster. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, what are some good movie examples? Well, like I said, top of my head, just top of my head. 
I started coming out with all kinds of crap. So you said Ready Player One was like the love letter. Absolutely. Although the book was a love letter to the 80s and late 70s. The movie, which I predicted, we talked about it before. I said, I remember we're talking, I was like, once they make this movie, it's they're going to shoehorn extra stuff in there. Yeah. They're going to try to appeal to the wider audience. So it's going to be they got a lot some of 90s, 90s stuff. Yeah. A lot of early odd stuff. Like there's some Overwatch stuff, which is not even a 10 year old game. Right. So, yeah, and it is, you know, I, I expected it. It's fine. The biggest love letter of all was to The Shining, so that's cool. <laughs> that worked. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Shining. The Shitting. Oh, are we getting some Simpsons stuff uh, going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's use that shit of yours. Don't you mean <laughs> Shining? Do you want to get sued? <laughs> I knew a Simpsons reference would come out sooner or later. I think it's been a while, honestly. Yeah. But, but what's what's the big one? The last couple of years and the new one's coming out in September. It. Yep. The point wasn't the 80s, but it was set in the 80s. And it was, there was definitely some jokes. It was like new kids on the block jokes. But the original It miniseries, which aired in 89, 90, something like that, mm-hmm. was set in the 50s, I believe. Yeah. A, like an overwhelming majority of Stephen King's stuff is set in the 60s. And that's because. He grew up in the '60s. I mean, you look at like Stand by Me. That's mm-hmm. when I when I think about this whole business of uh, like with movies in the '80s. We were watching movies, and the movies were like expressing things that happened in the '50s. Yep, '50s and '60s. You know, uh, Back to the Future. That was the that was the big one. And like, I remember and, you be a kid and you watch that, and it's fun. It's great, but you know your parents were watching it, going, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. The poodle skirts and the knee socks and the yep. freaking under the know, sea dance. Yep. The you know the di- the the soda machine diner. Like he walks in and says, Give me something without caffeine. He gets a decaf coffee because that's right. what you you know. Yeah. No caffeine free Pepsi's back then. Just you might whole, not like it, but your kids are gonna love it. Yes, you know, Chuck Berry. Like the whole the whole when he walks in first walks in the diner, you know, he's looking around and things are crazy. Inner, you know, inner Sandman, Mr. Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that should have been the end he's less playing metallica well that should have the, been the, end. the reboot of, yes of back to the future it'll be enter sandman they kind of did that they did family guy where they spoof back to the future oh fuck family guy brian played he didn't play he's they're like play something he was like all right here's a song by a gay guy and he played uh never gonna give you up by rick astley <laughs> basically rick rolled him <laughs> yeah uh let's see um but yeah, well, I was just gonna say the diner scene. Like you know, you're sitting. Your parents are sitting. He walks in. He's looking around. Everything's weird, you know. And he says, "Give me a tab. Tab. If you want a tab, you're gonna have to, you know, buy something." Yeah, yeah. You know, give me a. Just give me something without caffeine. He gives him a decaf coffee. Like it's just they're talking past each other because if within thirty, you know, twenty five years, yeah, the language and the culture has changed so much. So you know, your parents are sitting there going, "Holy fuck." Yeah, I, I remember this. Yes. Like, I remember this. I remember. And that's what we're doing when we're watching Stranger Things. When they go to the mall. Yep. And you're like, Jesus, Sam Goody. Sam Goody bag. Yeah. yeah, you know, sneaking into the movie theater in the side. Just all this shit. The foul the hair. The big yeah. hair. The fact that the mall was the place to go. Unlike now, when the mall is the place you have to go where you have no other choice. Right. Right. Like, um, I can't get out on Amazon. Fuck, I got to go to the mall. God damn it. <laughs> And pay double the price. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not even get the thing exactly as I want it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dirty Dancing is another. 
Yeah. Uh, what would I write down? Sandlot. That was a big one when I was a kid. Yeah. Me and my friends loved the Sandlot, and that was set in the cool. '60s, I think. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I just started writing them down. Christmas Story made yep. the '80s, set in the '50s. Yep. Porky's. Yep. Set in the fifties. Animal well, House. Set in the fifties. Okay, so think about it. Think about uh, or um, I. It's not the it's not the best example, but uh, George Lucas did um, American Graffiti. American Graffiti, and what what I what I say is those huge influential uh, filmmakers of the time, the mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's, the George Lucas's, and the people like that. They were able to make movies. They had like proven themselves, and they not American Graffiti. Obviously, George Lucas wasn't really established at the time. But the point I'm trying to make is he went on to do like Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Uh, and something else, I don't know. Something, something else. No, uh, there was this other movie. But yeah. um, what I'm saying is they became able at the time to make the movie that they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So look at J.J. Abrams, you know, coming of age and making the movie he wants to make, which he does a better job of keeping it in the modern, like, uh, what's Super 8? Is that God the... damn it. We got there already, huh? <laughs> damn, did I say it too soon? I, I knew it. I know this, not, there was no set time. I knew we were going to get there eventually. <laughs> Freaking Super 8. Why do you hate that movie so much? I just, I feel like it was a vanity piece. Okay, let's, let me lay it out for you. Let me lay it out for you. Okay. Who is talking about Super 8 besides you fuckers that want to give me shit about it? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm keeping it alive for you. Let's be honest here. Uh, who's talking about it? Uh, like all the happening people. Uh, yeah, nobody. And you know it. Because it bucked the formula. So I, I, I do believe there's a formula. Okay. Super 8 was made, what, 10, 10 years ago, 8 yep. years ago, something like that. Yeah. Set in the 50s, right? 60s, maybe? What, Super 8? Yeah, what was this, What period was it set I think in? It was, I think it was set in the time that it was made. I think it was a an aught, like a 2000... No, nah, Super 8 was totally set in the past. Was it? I'm pretty sure they had... Okay, I gotta look. 1979, Ohio. Okay, I would have made, I would have given it it was made in 2010, 2011. Yeah. So, I, I would have, if if I had a gun to my head, I would have said that that was set in the early 2000s. See, and I was way off too, because I thought it was going to be, I thought it was set in like the, maybe the 60s. Okay. But it, was, it was set in the late 70s. <laughs> well, I say, I say it fucked, it broke, the, it, it, it anticipated the cycle, but it was too early. It, did, it hit the 80s nostalgia too soon. Okay. It was, I, it was at least five to, if not, Six or seven years too early. So what you're saying is if they made that movie six years later, you would have liked it. Maybe. If they would have okay, if they would have set it in the 80s, like smack dab in the middle of the 80s, and then made it, you know, maybe a couple years ago, I would have liked it a lot more. But what they did was they set it a little too beyond me. Like I was born in 78, so you know, I don't remember 79. (laughs) Like that wasn't a world that really existed for me. Um, it, it was set a little beyond me. And and the hype wasn't there. So what you got was a vanity piece that it, that J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg made for themselves. And the yeah. movie was fine, I guess. You know, like as far as success goes, it, yeah, it's it a bunch a of kids riding around, mischievous, getting in trouble, saving the day all by themselves without adults. Well, I mean, as far as like its success, like it wasn't a bomb, right? Like it did fine in the theaters. Well, 
you know what? I'm going to go look. But I think it did not. It 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 tried to it tried to spark the cycle, and it was it was too quick. It was too it 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 spewed its load too early. The nipples did not get their protein at the right time. The harvest wasn't ready. All right, a fifty million dollar budget. Uh, domestic gross was 127 million. Okay, so it did five. Four in 133, which I find it interesting that it is what it is, and there was a foreign market for it. You know yeah, I mean? no, right? Yeah. Well, if they hear Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, big monster, people are going to see it. Yeah. But I bet, I bet a lot of people were disappointed. I walked out of that thinking, eh, okay, and never watching it again. Like, I never rewatched that movie. It was just, it was fine. It wasn't amazing because it was just a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. So it was a little off center. If it was 1986 America, 1986 Ohio, sure, yes, probably would have been a little bit more. I would have been like, okay, Goonies Part Two, I like it, like something like that. Which is why I think Stranger Things works. Like I found this thing on Stranger Things. What was it? Uh, basically, an article that says, "Why does Stranger Things even work?" And like the people say, "Why write Stranger Things should have failed." Um, the creators had no track record. Besides a handful of TV episodes of a low-rated uh, sci-fi show, <clears throat> the cast was unknown, with the exception of Winona Ryder. Was not in a, it was a set in a fictional town that nobody knew about, and the tropes were hard. It's you—you you take this central conceit, a monster hunting down young teens, and just tell that to people, and people would be like, "Great, cool, I've seen that a, literally a thousand times." Yeah, like what's new about this? But it was a secretly genius production because it took all those elements and just said, you know what? We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're going to show you alien. We're going to show you aliens. We're going to show you E.T. We're going to show you all the Stephen King stuff with the font. We're going to show you Steven Spielberg. We're going to like one. I, I said it before, but, you know, one person d- described the first season of the three Stevens, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg and Steve's hair. <laughs> but that's it's facetious but it's true because steve's hair was like the symbol of the 80s it, that was the period it was in it was it just took all these elements it was the goonies it was and it's like here you go man just here's a bunch of red meat to slather over just love it mm. is it, uh, it was like oh yeah give me all that stuff and the newest the season two was disappointing i think season three is better it's got terminator references it's got back to the future it's got Day of the Dead references. Um, I've only seen Never Ending like Story. I mean, Jesus. three episodes. So, well, I'm not giving it away. I'm just saying they're there. Okay, and, they're not, right, right. and it's not like subtle. You know, like, oh man, Steve rooted for me. I never would known this guy was like the Terminator if he hadn't said. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty obvious, and that's the point. Speaking of that, uh, the trailer before Spider-Man: Far From Home was the new Terminator. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it looks good. It'll be exactly like the rest and suck, but ah, well, I was going to bring this up, but let's let's see what we got going on here. What what do we have? That's the new trend is sequels, part twos. Yeah, I guess Terminator. This one's going to be a part three that ignore the crappy sequels that have already been made. Like uh, Halloween, the new Halloween came out. Yeah, said we're going to take the first movie and ignore the fucking ten or something like that <laughs> sequels that have been made. Yeah. Like I'm not exaggerating. I think they're probably happy like ten sequels at least. And we're gonna set this new one. We're gonna say this is part two. And yeah. it worked. It, it was actually a really good movie. Um uh, speaking <clears throat> of that, they're they're coming up not even skipping over sequels like Top Gun 
has a sequel coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a sequel. In 2019, we're getting a sequel from a movie, what, 1986? Yeah. So 86. Yeah. And the sequel is, you know, 2019. Uh, so that just happened with something else, too. We just had something else that was. Let, let me just say this. I really, I, I, I keep meaning to it. And I keep forgetting to watch the trailer for the new Top Gun. But I really, really hope that it involves a secret government project to raise the dead and Goose comes back. Boom. I want that. I want Zombie Goose. You know, I, I want Zombie I, Goose crawling to that fucking cro- cockpit with Maverick. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, I would watch that. I would absolutely oh, watch Oh, God. I would love that. It would be terrible, but I would it watch would it. It would be so bad. It would be so bad. It would be good. Where are they, Goose? Grab <laughs> uh, <laughs> Goose. Stop trying to hit my brain and just tell me where's just the mix. Like, He's just like hitting the navigation screen. Like, <laughs> uh, um, you just hit the air brakes. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I mean, think about think about the market right now. Uh, what if I, I think they said that they were going to do it and they never did? But what if they came out with a high budget, all actors returning sequel to the Goonies? See, it would have to be, and I hate to say this, I feel like a betrayal. Honestly, the only way it would work is if it was the Goonies kids, because that was the magic of the Goonies. The magic of the Goonies was you putting yourself in the place of the kids and having the fucking adventure of a lifetime. As a kid, it was great. And as an adult, you can relive that moment. But as an adult, watching a bunch of, you know, middle-aged people, like, crawl themselves out of their basement, their man caves, and going, eh, let's look for a pirate ship. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Oh, Ghostbusters, that's the... Uh, Ghost, the new Ghostbusters is going to ignore the remake and be like a part three. Yep. Good. So, like I said, the trend. Let's see. The Breakfast Club was. Wait, is that a remake coming or is that? No, I'm. I'm just saying. What if they did? Would you go watch that? Yeah, the Breakfast Club doesn't hold the, the place. We we talked about this. I saw the Breakfast Club too late. Oh yeah, that's right. I I, can't. I saw the Breakfast Club. And I immediately sympathized with the principal, not the kids. I thought the kids were the whiniest fucking brats, the most ingrate little pieces of shit. That ever got put on screen. Like I I do not, I was not the target audience for the Breakfast Club. Do you know what movie is ripe for a sequel? I think it would work. And with today's modern filmmaking technique, I think that it would be great. And if they do this, I will be there on opening day. Gremlins. Sure. Yeah, that's one I'm actually surprised about. That hasn't been talked about as a sequel or that would be I would be there. Did you ever watch uh, look up on YouTube or something like that? Key and Peel did a sketch on like a, the Gremlins two pitch meeting. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's hilarious because it this is. guy that walks out looks like Hollywood from the Mannequin movies, and he's like, "I'm a script doctor, and we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna make movie magic with you. What ideas you got? What ideas?" And just everybody starts. If you never saw the movie, you would think it's the most ridiculous ideas. What about a gremlin that's like electricity and one that grows vegetables out of his head? And one that's like a <laughs> bat. How about we have a gremlin that turns into a chick and another one that becomes a big spider? And it's like, yes, we're going to make that's in the movie. That's in the movie. That's in the movie. And at the end, it says every single one of these ideas was a gremlins too. And then you you think about it like, oh, my God, they're right. Yeah. yeah. That was Gremlins too. A Gremlin that sang New York, New York. A Gremlin that was a fucking vegetable. A Gremlin that was like... <laughs> Like a inbred hick gremlin. It was yeah. It was the most off the wall crazy. As a kid, you're watching it going, this is so cool. And then you get some retrospective time and you're like, how did that get greenlit? That was the craziest thing. That, <laughs> I, that was I, nuts. 
I remember the other movie that's getting a, a sequel from the 80s, uh, Coming to America. Is it? Yep. They're making a Coming to America sequel. Uh, Eddie Murphy, all- I feel yep. so bad for you. <laughs> Actually, now uh, that you say that, I do, that does sound familiar. But And I think they're doing Big Trouble in Little China. That I have heard about, a remake of that. But I've, heard, I've been hearing that for years. Another one is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's good. That's already off the ground. That They're shooting yeah. that. Yeah. Well, technically, it's a sequel to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I think mm. was 91. Yeah, something like that. Um, now I got to go and look at that. I wonder if they're going to get the women back. It should. Here's here's what the movie's about. They <laughs> a secret government project to resurrect the dead, and they get uh, they get Rufus back. <sighs> yeah, resurrect George Carlin. Boom. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was 1991, and the new one is supposed to be called Bill and Ted Face the Music. Scheduled release is August 21st, 2020. I'll see it. I will see it. Yeah, I'll see it too. I I absolutely fucking loved the Bill and Ted movies. Loved them. My friend, I think I've said this before, but my friend, original Bill and Ted came out. He saw it every day for at least a week and a half. Went back again and again and again. Saw it every day. You know what was great about the the soundtracks? The the music from those movies were fucking phenomenal. Even the no name, like the music when they went to the future. I liked the music that they were playing, the cheesy 80s ballad stuff that they were playing in the future was awesome. I loved it. But look at look at what else is like the TV. Um, like the 80s is big, but I think the eight, the 90s is coming back. Like look at the TV shows. Like there was a Gilmore, Gl- Gilmore Girls revitalization. Mm-hmm. There was a Fuller House. There was a Will. I don't know how long it was on, but there was a Will and Grace Roseanne. So we're on the cusp at the next few years of the big 90s nostalgia mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, which I feel like Captain Marvel played it safe. It was set in the 90s, but it wasn't very 90s, except for a couple of references like Nick Fury said, oh, you pull out the grunge look pretty well or some shit like that. The blockbuster video. The blockbuster video. It was a couple little things, but it wasn't. It didn't have like the big feel of the 90s because the time is too soon. And we're right. not quite there yet for yep. the 90s. We're almost there. Within the next six or seven years, we're gonna have we're gonna start seeing a lot of the '90s stuff coming out. You know what else? Yeah, I I thought of another one, Jumanji. Yep. Yeah. New Jumanji. Have you seen the Jumanji sequel? No, I the sequ- the well, it's a reboot, I guess. Okay, because there's a sequel to the sequel coming out. Yes, right? Jumanji okay. two. But uh, the the I've heard newer one. Good. I've heard it's good. I got. I keep meaning to see it. It is. It is. It is actually. I I highly recommend it. You should yeah. watch the new with The Rock and Kevin Hart, uh, Jack Black, and the girl. I I'm shamed that I don't know her name, but she's the girl that plays Nebula. Yeah. In Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and without uh, the blue paint. Without the blue paint, and um, she's she's something else. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's good. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> no, I, I let that go on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so it's basically, uh, what, what is it? Is it the audience that is ready for it? Is it the filmmakers that are now able to do it? Or is it a mixture of the two? Well, before I give you my answer to that question, I do have to do the honorary shout out, Donnie Darko. Made in the early 2000s, set in, the, set in 86. Should not have worked because of the, it wasn't ready. You know, yep. The time wasn't ready. Yep. But it was the best movie ever made, so well, obviously it worked. But yeah, all right. <laughs> about that, but... fuck you. 
The only thing he was missing was <laughs> November Rain in the soundtrack. That's I'm just saying. That's the only thing he was missing. I'm not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> that though, so, I'll say that uh, good on you for choosing that as your favorite movie. But wait, uh, wait, wait! Did you just make that phrase up? Because that is that is awesome. I love that phrase. <laughs> uh, it's something we use with the kids. If they, if somebody likes something and the un, the other person doesn't like it, you say, "Don't yuck my yum." Did you? No, seriously. Did you come up with that? Or did you I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Because I we, love that. I want to use that. We just started hey saying, man, "Hey man, don't you yuck my yum." <laughs> you turn off that pussy music right now. Hey man, don't yuck my yum. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't really mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> it will shut down every argument. That's right. It will defuse every conflict. Certainly would not get your ass handed to you. Yo, North Korea, man, don't yuck my yum. Asasari. <laughs> Ooh. uh that's a little racist wasn't it why because you used an accent that was it was topical it wasn't like you were yeah, just you're being... right you know no no apologies i'm gonna no. own it it was north no. korea i can make fun of north korea Everybody that's right fuck them never apologize for your art that's i've got that when when one day i'm taken to task for this podcast <laughs> because some, you know, of the, some of the subject matter i'm gonna have to you, say have you ever thought of that had you ever think like what if something happens i become famous you know something whatever i win the lottery i you know write a book i make a movie i get discovered and i'm famous and then you're sitting there you're doing like a fucking talk show or something and somebody walks out with what do you have against midgets and horses you know <laughs> and they start playing this podcast yeah uh you actually um you said some pretty nasty things in that yeah. things you shouldn't watch episode. <laughs> How diseased are you? Yeah. Uh you, Twitter rejects you now. Yeah. You uh have a diseased brain. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. <laughs> well, okay. So why is it that this happened? Well, yeah, that's like my the question is, what is the bigger reason for this happening? Is it the audience wants it or is it the makers of the media the the filmmakers or the artists are they the driving force like they make the things they want to make right like i mean you look at something like guardians of the galaxy and that the soundtrack is clearly the person or um james hmm. gunn right yeah that is clear that is clear that that is like the type of music he likes to listen to yeah imagine the pitch beating for that movie it's like okay it's a superhero movie but it really is just an ensemble buddy comedy in space and they're gonna rock out to earth 70s pop music yeah and he had to pitch that and some studios exec said they're going yeah okay yeah but i guarantee you if you pulled the populace and said we're thinking of making this movie. We're not going to tell you what it is, but here's the premise. You know, all the things I just said, I would say at best seven out of 10 are going to be going, the fuck are you? That sounds like the stupidest thing I ever heard. Right. But the movie was brilliant. It was one of the best rated Marvel movies of the whole run. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that to me is an example of a filmmaker saying I'm doing this and you're going to like it. Yeah. This is catchy so, music and you're going to like it. But sometimes I'm doing content. Sometimes content creators have to tell us what we like. Right. Well, and that's the thing with Stranger Things. Like in the first episode, 
I think that they struck a chord. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 80s. I remember the 80s. I like the 80s. That's pretty cool that they referenced that. And then in the second season, I think, I don't know as they did a good enough job telling us that again. They but- diverged. I mean, it was, it was heavy 80s. Like she took a trip to Chicago and it was all about the like the city life of the, you know, that, you know, the, 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 yeah, the grittiness punk. of the city life of the 80s, I guess. Punk. Yeah, that, right. That, that punk gang um but yeah they they took it to a completely different place and they had the arcade and stuff like that but it was it was it's a little it floated away from the premise and they got back to it in the the third season right and i remember showing my wife like the first 10 minutes i'm like you have to see the first 10 minutes of the show i mean it it opens up of course in a lab in russia you know you Mm -hmm. take that out of it and it starts with Corey Hart, Never Surrender, the best 80s song, mm-hmm. period. Uh, and the mall and all the 80s. It's, it's like 80s nostalgia rammed down your throat. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I feel like that story could take place. Not only could it take place in the 2000s, it probably would make more sense in like 2000. 12 because they do a lot of stuff that is not 80s specific and then some stuff that actually like the cell phones would make a lot more sense than walkie talkies you know what i mean like sure, sure. there's a lot of there's there's just stuff that would be like oh okay that you know but then it would be just another show yeah well some of the plot points you could never have like how he had to get a hold of his girlfriend over the ham radio thing i uh, i don't know that yet you didn't Man, I guess when that was like the first or second episode, how he's trying to set up a. Well, he's trying to. The dish. last thing, the last thing I remember seeing is they're climbing the hill to try and get up. Yeah. To, to reach her. He, he's trying to make like a ham radio type of. Yeah, I certainly. Thing. I haven't read ahead or listened to the Neverending Story remake that they did or any of the other stuff. <laughs> I, I haven't spoiled it for myself. I'm. I'm. Well, I don't think it was a spoiler. I, you saw this. You saw how he's trying to do it. Anyways, he's trying to get a hold of. That wouldn't be a thing. It's like here's my cell number. Call me. That's it. Unless he was actually at a camp where they did that kind of stuff and he was a purist and wanted to reach her that way. I yeah, I, maybe. Whatever. Okay. Okay. I take it back because phones maybe. phones were a thing in the eighties. He could have just called her on the telephone. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and she lived in Utah with I think they could have spun that where the Mormons or something that they <laughs> lived with didn't like telephones or phones are of Phones are of the devil. I can see. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Phones lead to dancing and caffeine use, and we can't have that. Nope, nope. Footloose, which got a reboot. <laughs> well, was it you and me were talking about like the better ending to Footloose would have been if they would have all just like had an orgy and died, <laughs> and then the dad was like, "I told you, yeah, I was right all along." <laughs> that would have been a great ending. John Lithgow was like, "I tried to warn them." <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> they all died of syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them had HIV and gave yeah, it to the rest just of them. Spread. Fast forward two years and they're all, every single one that's at that party is dead. Yeah. And John Lithgow's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the remake I want to see. Yeah. Hmm. But then there's a secret government project to resurrect the dead and they bring Kevin Bacon back. I really want to see a movie with a secret government project to resurrect the dead. <laughs> if you're not catching my, uh, oh, my sub thread here, I'm catching it. Yeah. Um, I don't know as we've answered the question. What what is the more influential factor? Is it the 
people consuming it or the people making it? Who is who is making this? It's, Why does this happen? I think there's a spark. Somebody has the balls to start it. Somebody has the balls to say, we're going to do the 80s nostalgia. We're going to do the 70s nostalgia. We're going to do the 60s, whatever the case may be. And then it becomes popular or fails. I That fails, but doesn't catch on like Super 8. So Super 8 did catch on. You know, it did fine, but nope, it didn't spark a revolution. Fast forward a couple of years, <clears throat> it, Stranger Things, Goldbergs, I guess I've never seen it, but really mm-hmm. popular comedy. Those things are doing really well. So somebody has the balls to do it, put it on the air, that it does well, and then the flood starts. It's not going to end. We're going to see. Like we like we talked about last episode, that Red Hook, Red red Fern. What the fuck was that TV show? Red, red Oaks. Oaks. Damn. Yeah, no. Red Oaks, Red Oaks. That that one that was set in the 80s, but it was crap. Yeah. That was, get. yeah, that was like, they're like, Stranger Things work. Let's do this. And it sucked. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get the, you're going to get the hangers on, the bandwagons that don't work. You even got, they even got Jennifer Grey to come back, you know, Queen of Dirty Dancing, and it still sucked. Well, let me pitch one to you. <clears throat> All right. Okay. It's a Netflix show, and it is completely like back in time, fast times at Ridgemont High, TV show, two seasons, 10 episodes each, takes place in the 80s. Would that be popular? I don't think so. I don't think so for the pure fact that Fast Times at Ridgemont High is not, it's, it has a warm place in people's hearts of the people of the time. But I would dare say, and I'm going to get fucking stoned for this, it probably hasn't stood the test of time. Stone him! I know, Stone I him! know, I know, I know. Stone him! Like, you don't see a lot of people going, you know, doing midnight showings of a, re, you know, oh, we got to, man, let's put Fast Times in. Like, oh, like, this movie theater is running Fast Times. Like, the movie theater down the road from me will run Monty Python. They'll run Breakfast Club, I've seen. They'll run Jaws. They'll run all these old classic movies. Nobody's rerunning Fast Times. You know, the, the most people will remember, if they remember at all, and I'm not kidding you. I, who was I with? I was working in a post where people hang out. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know why I can't say it. Whatever. Anyways. Okay. Okay. No. We're working at Master Control. I don't know why I can't say it. Oh, my God. You were in Master Control talking to other people. Yes. Yep. You're fired. <laughs> and I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking about Fast Times and some of the kids that populate the shift I was working. Not only... Well, they did the whole thing where I made a reference and the person I was talking to laughed. And uh, then the person that was in there kind of laughed, too. And then me and him looked at her and was like, I have no idea what we're doing. She's like, no, I have no idea. I just thought I was supposed to laugh right now. <laughs> but well, even like, so like, and these are kids in their 20s. They have no clue. They have no clue this movie exists. And if they do, it's just the spoof on Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool. And that's it. Oh, God, I'm going to have to watch that. No. Which is it's a piece of cinema gold. Don't get me wrong. It's like one of the greatest things ever filmed. But it's just. It's not, I, I don't think it would be that. I mean, it's all down to the writing anyways. It, 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 it's like anything else. You could, the premise is the premise. I don't think that's going to draw many people in besides people like you and me or people of our age in the forties or above. If the writing's really good and it's really on point, then sure. You know, but at the premise itself, I don't think it would be that big okay. a draw. All right. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to. You have a script ready to go, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I did. I just threw it in the trash. Ah, damn. Matter of fact, I shredded it. I am the uh, dream crusher. That's I what did I not, do. I did not save it electronically. I, I <laughs> typed it out on a manual typewriter. I got a pencil and I wrote the whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's all written down up in my head like everything else. Mm-hmm. Soon to be gone. <laughs> There's, well, what, the, the name Spicoli has some tears on it somewhere. <laughs> what, what would work? 
give me give bigger me bigger ones. Like as much as I hate to say it, as much as I hate to see it, you would at least have momentum behind you if they made a Back to the Future TV show. If they made a Breakfast Club TV show, if they made a Goonies TV show, you would have momentum behind it. I mean, they made a Riverdale TV show that I guess is done pretty decent. You know what TV show I want to see? I want to see a TV show with a space cowboy who has a ship full of a ragtag band of people that they go on jobs that are sometimes legal, sometimes not. And there's adventures and there's gunplay and it's a Western, but it's not. It's in outer space. No, that would never work. Not <laughs> like, I'm maybe for a little bit, like 13 episodes or so. I don't know. You know, you know what would keep that show, you know, that hypothetical show going longer? Is if they had the captain and they didn't name him something stupid, but they named him instead Maurice because they call him a space cowboy. Is this a Steve Miller band joke? Because it's falling flat on the audience. Or you could have a different show about a gangster of love. I don't know. <laughs> and he just runs around shaking trees, <laughs> hoping peaches fall out. That's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, that works. Yeah. Space trees. Maybe he walks into a bank and robs it, and the bank teller says, "Hey, just take the money and run." <laughs> no, you you go beyond the bounds. Nope, I did it. You're, you're I taking did a it. step beyond where you need to be taking. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you know you you say these things. You don't want it to come back. You know you don't. It's I know I don't. Be the I same. know I don't. I want it to. I want to go back in time, and I want it to stay on. For you want to seasons. have kept going. Yes. I don't want it to, but I mean, they're all successful. They're all doing yeah. their own thing and they're all successful doing other. I mean, except uh, for Ron Glass, who died. So, whatever. Wait, which one's that? Shepherd Book? Shepherd Book died. Yeah. Ron Glass. Well, what's the girl doing? The engineer girl. Uh, she, she just she just married a hockey player. Um, she did it for me. She's like, I know there was like the sensual, Kaylee. Kaylee. Yeah. There's supposed to be like the sensual women on that show, but she was the one that like, she was the most attractive to me personally. Well, personally just so everybody knows that's neither here nor there but now you know something about me you're welcome <laughs> you're clamoring for it let's see what was the last thing her name is jewel state by the way let's see what the last thing she was in stargate atlantis firefly serenity the la complex space cases how to plan an orgy in a small town there you go okay nope I, <laughs> thanks everybody to be your money belt i gotta go <laughs> uh oh she was in flash forward but not the flash forward you know uh let's see yeah she's been a kind of a but she she married well she well, married I, i'm pretty sure she married a hockey player who's her so husband I, I did find a list of movies and it took a lot of hunting but movies set in the 80s that you might have forgotten just so you know okay just for a trip down memory lane i guess the trip. wedding singer that was popular yeah uh one of my wife's favorite movies but that was not a big leap i mean it was made in 98 that was set you know maybe 10 years like this is what it's funny to me that was made in 98 set in the 80 and it worked and it worked as a period piece like oh man i remember all this he's talking about the fonts he has freddy krueger as a little bit you know he's talking about he's singing 80s hits he's got billy idol showing up you know all that stuff think about a movie made today 2019 set in 2009 would that mean anything to you? No. Not a thing. Or well, even go back to a little bit, like 15 years. I don't 2005. Think, okay. I don't think that there has been uh, a culture leap 
Yeah. In the last 15 years, like there was in the between the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, there were larger culture leaps than, say, post 9 11. And you know what? And a lot of people will be sitting there thinking, well, you know, you guys are just old and you stop, like I, like we talked about before, just stop paying attention to new stuff. So you still, no, I'm sorry. I challenge, I challenge even young people, like in their 20s or something like that, to tell me the distinctive flavor that a movie made today would have if it was set in 2005. Well, like, what distinctions of fashion and music would let you me, have? Let me tell you something, and hopefully you agree, but I think that a lot of the things that set entertainment, and, and I'll say entertainment as in movies and television, maybe books, probably books, but let's leave books out of it. Movies and television, not so much music. Um, cell phones. Cell phones mm. ruin 80s movies. There are so many movies from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Not not really early 90s as much, but um, how many how many situations are people put in in those movies <laughs> where cell phones would ruin the movie? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like ninety like percent of the slasher horror movies are ruined with cell phones. Well, even or, like comedies, like a farce where you're like, I gotta get to a phone and call my girlfriend and let her explain things, but I can't because now right. I gotta go on an adventure to find a payphone or some shit like that. Right. And I think cell phones change story writing. <laughs> story, yeah. You know, storytelling. I, I just think it does. And it's shit, not maybe that's the key. It's not a terrible thing, but like if when I go back and I think about uh shows like um The X Files, they had cell phones. Yeah. Like they, they were around in the nineties. I mean they were right. more of a novelty. But right, and Zach, Zach Morris had a cell phone. Um, certainly, after in, into the two thousands, cell phones were way more prevalent. Yeah. And you know, maybe they're their own device, like storytelling device, um, butt dialing, and you know, have the immediacy of having contact with people. Flip phones, and like, there's mm-hmm. there are things that you can use cell phones with. But geez, I, I remember. I, was I listening to another? Was it a crack, crack podcast that was talking about cell phone? If cell phones existed in the eighties, what they would have done for television movies, or maybe that was just something I came up with. I doubt it, but no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, like beyond that, though, like twenty nineteen, go back 10, 11, 12 years, and set a movie. Don't immediately, you know, give away the date, and just have people wear what they wore back then. Um, have people speak, you know, with the slang and stuff they use back then. Songs, yeah, songs will date you because you know when the song came out. Although you could still have people, li- you know, just listen to what, you know, an old thing like that. But, you know, fashion, speech, shit like that, no big shift, no big change. But the shift from the mid to early 80s to the mid to late 90s, big, huge yeah. shift. The shift from the mid to early 70s to the mid to late 80s, giant shift. The way people talked, the way people dressed. The, the cars they acted, that they drove. The cars that they drove. But the shift from 15 years ago to now almost not existed in all mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. You 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 stick me back, you know, 15 years with what I was wearing today walking around and nobody was gonna look twice. Nobody. Fuck, I think the shirt I have had on I had 15 years ago. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought pretty close. Would they would they say, Steve, when did you shave your head? Yeah, okay, that'd be the one thing. <laughs> and it would hurt a lot. Like I don't know why it hurts. You shave your head. You actually shave it. Yeah, I shave it for a reason. Like if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. 
to, I shave my head to avoid a comb over. That's where I'm at. So, <laughs> yeah, I you one of I wish to God that you, Bill Prout, <laughs> Eric, or not Eric, uh, Jeff. I don't know why I'm using people's names. Sorry, sorry to those people that have. I wish, uh, Rob. I'll use his uh, name. I wish you guys would walk in with just fucking rugs on. <laughs> I, I wish that there was like a sale on toupees or something. And just oh my god! All the ball guys roll in one day with a fucking toupee with, on, with fucking hair. Oh. The place would go crazy. People and don't even like, acknowledge it. Yep, don't even. Yep. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What are you looking anyway, at? Anyway, looked up a clipboard. Anyway, you're gonna go to this thing or what? <laughs> oh man, that would honestly be. Uh, oh, um, we have another gentleman. I certainly won't say his name that dyes his hair black and it's like jet black. <laughs> yeah. And he was catching flack for it one day. And I told him, I said, you name the day I will dye my hair. Cause I have gray hair. Yeah. And I, I told him, I said, you name the day I will dye my hair. What same exact color as you. Mm-hmm. And we'll walk in together with our hair. Just fucking do normal. It. Yeah. Just because he was taking quite a bit of shit for sure, sure. dying his hair. And it's, you know, it is what it is. There are people. Men can be vain too. Come yeah. on. And I mean, it's unfortunate for my wife that I just don't give a shit about. <laughs> like, I, I I care the bare minimum about my hair and my, you know, the way I look. I just, I don't pay as much attention. I'm not a vain person, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, so I'm not necessarily disheveled. I'm not going to walk in looking like a piece of shit, but. I would love to walk in just <laughs> with something that is jet totally black hair. Yeah. Goatee and hair, just jet black and just have people be like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I want to change my appearance so much that it disorients people. It's not the same thing, but in college, my buddy, he, he dyed his hair jet black just so he, he thought it'd be like, I don't know, suave or something or cool to do. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's like, what are you an emo now? He's like, well, <laughs> not doing that again. Holy shit! Well, if I, I would, uh, I would like to dye my hair back to its normal brown, like dark brown is what mm. my hair used to be. Now it's way more salt than pepper, but it's salt and pepper. I would love to dye it back to the that color and just walk in to work. I like I, I'd it. probably take a lot of shit. I don't know the first thing about dyeing my hair, dude. I don't. Like, I wouldn't even know. on the box, I'm sure. I know, but... You get, like, tinfoil, and you put it in your... Wait, how do you... How do I was... I don't know. Do I do I, isn't there a heat lamp involved? Don't you have to, like, use a well, I mean, dryer and... You have an oven, don't you? Okay, so you're saying turn on the gas and stick my head in the oven? That's yeah. how I get... Okay. I'm sure it's not, you know, for, like, an hour. It's probably for, like, 20 minutes tops. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Changes the color of your hair. <laughs> yeah. And your skin. And... Yeah, you turn blue. You turn, and... you, yeah, then you turn gray, <laughs> and then your skin's gone. <laughs> and then after enough time, the bugs just take all the flesh. The worms crawl in, crawl out. Ooh, that's getting a movie. I, have you seen the preview to that? The <laughs> oh, scary, scary stories you tell in the dark. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have. I didn't remember the worms. Thing. I'm pretty sure that's one of the one of the stories is that the whole worms crawl in, the worms crawl out mm. poem or song or whatever. Worms. Play pinnacle on your snout. Yes, I'm almost certain that's in that. There's something from the 80s. Well, I, is that 70s? That's got to be 
freaking thirties or something. I don't even no know. way. That's good. That has a feel stories. of something. Wait, the worm song or the? No, 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 no. I'm saying the the movie <clears throat> from the book. The book, scary stories. Oh, okay. See, okay. I didn't even know that was a book. What? I'm sorry. Are you fucking kidding me? Ah. Right now? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding? No, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my god. No, it's uh, yes, sir. I am. Scary stories tell in the dark is a series of three collections of short horror stories for children. Uh, blah 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 blah. blah published in 1981. 19. The first one, the first volume came out in 81. Second volume came out, came out in 84, and the third volume came out in 91. And then they're making. Have you? Do you not know anything about these scary stories tell in the dark books? Not a thing. Holy fuck! Nah. You, need to, you need to like go on your Kindle and get them, and make sure you get them with the illustrations. Do it, it right now. Do it. Stop it. Do it. Stop what you're doing. Do it right now. Ah! <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> it is honestly one of the scariest fucking things. When I was a kid, when anybody, I'm sure there are many people listening to this right now that are like, what the? Uh, let's see. The first book contains 29 stories, including The Big Toe, The Walk, What who, What Do You Come For, Mitai Doty Walker, A Man Who Lives in Leeds, Old Woman, All Skin and Bone, The Thing, Cold as Clay, The White Wolf, The Haunted House, The Guest, The Hearse Song, The Girl Who Stood on a Grave. It's 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 awesome. Honestly, uh, you should really think about picking it up. I don't even know how much it would be on Kindle. But one of the things that's really fucked up is the uh, the illustrations. The illustrations in the books just you have google right there um you're gonna get a lot of the movie stuff simply because oh if you just put in scary stories to tell in the dark and then go to image images it a lot of it is the illustrations from the book yeah that was for fucking kids that was in my elementary school library when i was growing up you would not get away with that shit now maybe it was middle school okay somebody did one that's Donald Trump. So I guess that one wasn't. No, <laughs> that's not. No, but <laughs> but the, yeah, these are freaky. I, yeah, yeah. I never, I never saw this when I was a kid. This oh, you missed. Oh, definitely would have given me nightmares. I'm not even gonna yes. lie. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, I'm fucked up because of it. But uh, I wonder if the movie is supposed to be like a kids' movie. No, not if you watch the. If you watch. The- so okay, this is a complete divergence from the topic. But this did remind me. Did you ever do the thing like sitting around campfire? Telling you know scary stories and shit, and then was just a hook in. The yes, book. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I was told this at summer camp by my counselor, a Christian summer camp. To this day, it disturbs me, and it's dumb. And I'll give I'll give the abridged version just because. Okay. It's standard boilerplate campfire scary story. So you have two women and their dog, something like that, going to a cabin in the woods. You know, like I said, they're going. You know. Little vacation to go to the cabin in the woods. <clears throat> and um, of course, on the radio, they get the warning. Insane person has escaped from the same asylum. Everybody be on the lookout. Don't pick up hitchhikers, blah, 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 blah. So they go to the cabin. They're all paranoid. You know, they're they're huddling. They're scared. So they all stay together in the same room. And the protagonist, the woman whose story we're hearing, she's laying in the dark. She's listening. She hears a creak. She looks around, but it's a cabin in the woods. There's no electricity. So she can't see anything. She can't turn on a light. It's just huddling. And she hears panting, so she reaches down and pets the dog, and the dog licks her hand, and everything's good. She's like, okay, okay. Come morning, she wakes up. Her friend's dead. 
her dog is dead. And there's a note pinned to the dog that says, dogs aren't the only things that can lick. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that yeah, fucked me the that fuck up, up when I was a kid. When I, I was yeah. like 11, 10 years old when I heard that. I was like, ah, he licked her. Ah, then he killed her friend and she didn't even know it. And they're dead with us. Oh, good. Ooh. Um, you should go. Uh, one of my favorite stories from the scary stories to tell in the dark is wait till Martin comes. And it's, it was actually, they had an audio version of it that is on YouTube. I'm looking at it right now. You should, you should listen to it. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's the type of story that you'd expect from a kid's, a kid's scary storybook, but it's still, it's one of my favorites. Cause it's that wait till Martin comes sticks in my brain. And it's basically, <laughs> there's a, it's like a motorist that gets stranded at a house in the middle of nowhere with no lights. And there's a cat and the cat says, wait till Martin comes. And then a bigger cat shows up and the guy's like, are you Martin? No, no, no. But you wait till Martin comes. And then a bigger cat comes and it, you just, you gotta read it. You gotta, you gotta listen to it. Was Martin but, the queen of summer? Yes. Uh, Martin was actually, uh, um, shaking peach trees. Made sure he wore multiple layers of bathing suits. So when they stole him, he always had another layer. He's never nude. Yeah, that was another Simpsons reference. <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking Tobias Fuque. Yeah, I know, but I was thinking Martin Prince. <laughs> and it was uh, completely tenuous, and I completely hijacked what you're saying, and I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I think that we've run this to the ground. Yeah, we went way off base. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I do love the concept. There is one thing I wanted to share. There was a... Eh, I think I lost it. No, here it is. There was a guy, um, who a maker of Mad Men, who was being interviewed for the New Yorker, and they said, "Why does why does Mad Men so popular?" He said, "The golden forty year rule." Oh, the prime. He said, "The prime site of nostalgia is always whether whatever happened or is thought to have happened in the decades between forty and fifty years past." But the this article is talking about as it happens, just a week ago, Entertainment Weekly declared that it typically takes about twelve to fifteen years for nostalgia life cycle to kick in. And this is was written back in 2012. So they just had the 20th anniversary of Nirvana's Nevermind. Um, so the, the whole article is about which is it? Is it a 40-year cycle? Is it a 20-year cycle? Is it a 12-year cycle? I am confident in saying that if it's anything beyond, at the most, a 20-year cycle, that moves from nostalgia into period. Yeah, I agree. Now, even though it's in within living memory, you know, Mad Men was in the, was the 60s. Yeah. And there's definitely people around. And around in the 60s but at this point the people who were of that age you know fully adult if not middle aged in the 60s they're old you know they're they're pushing 70 at this point. right so yes they're still alive but they're wait a second 70 is the new 40 oh, okay cool <laughs> so they're young and hip they're raring to go with their no they're young with broken hips zoot suits wait <laughs> i think i'm off on that one too yeah well i maybe it's you bad. have some misconceptions uh i know some pretty spry 70 year olds true true enough but still people that were middle-aged in the 60s are probably beyond a point where they give a fuck about mad men yeah i mean they might watch it they're gonna be going oh yeah i kind of remember fucking my secretary but (laughs) well they got that wrong they got that wrong oh my god i saw another divergence but i guess i gotta share this i saw this i was watching sometimes i like to watch stupid game show stuff on you know craziest game show moments on like youtube there was a game show in the 60s, I believe it was, maybe the 70s, that was all about, it was a boss of a company or business owner, something like that, 
And the whole thing was about who knows you better, your wife or your secretary. And when you're watching it, the entire conceit was these guys were fucking their secretaries and the wives <laughs> knew it. And they yeah. were just having like, well, you're around it more than I am. You know, he only comes home to me when he wants a meal, you know, shit like that. Those the audience was laughing. Nobody thought anything of it. I'm just like, was this a joke? Like, I wish I knew the name of this game show, but it was a game show about guys that fucked their secretaries. And then they went on there with their secretaries and the wives who knew them better. That's that was actually the name of the show <laughs> is guys that fuck their secretaries. <laughs> they use code. They call it the tickle time. <laughs> who tickle times their secretary? Uh, but I just I was like, wow, what a different fucking world that was. Yep. Everybody smoked. Yep. Everybody. And some of the secretaries were good looking and the guys were not. So that's just, it was just the power play. Well, that's just yeah, what it was. That's what it is. I want to Google that that game show about the guys that were fucking their secretaries. <laughs> Google that right now. Um, yeah. Let's, um, you ready to move on? Sure thing. I'm nostalgic for trivia. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, let's do, my trivia is bullshit. I, I like mine. It's so, an impossible question. And if you got you it right, I would think that you are the smartest person in the entire world. Just to uh, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> just just to cover the bases. Did you have a philosophy or monkey? Paw? Oh, I did have a monkey paw. Okay, go ahead. Monkey paw. You know the bad wish thing. Yep. I was just thinking <laughs> of this. You mean the uh, not the other monkey paw? <laughs> not the not the one that's a sex toy. No, that, that, oh, that okay. One. All right. The the bad not the one you put the quarter in and just makes all your dreams come true. No. <laughs> well that's still kind of a bad wish thing but go ahead <laughs> nah, not if you do it right uh so damn it what was it okay uh, you, you you find your monkey pie you make a wish yep and, and everybody's had this moment where they say man if i could just go back to when i was younger with all the knowledge i have now and relive going forward yep so you make that wish i want to go back to my younger self with all the knowledge i have now and get to relive my life but you only go back five years Maybe six or seven years. Okay, so seven years. So you make the wish, I want to go back to my younger self, and the monkey paw's like, okay, I'll send you back to your younger self. Seven years. Yeah. What I, would that be like for you? Well, if we're thinking about making the best of, if we're calling this a bad scenario, a bad situation, like I'm not going to get to go back to my, you know, quote unquote prime, mm -hmm. or I'm not going to go back to the time when I came of age where it was, you know, I was... A young and free spirit and had fun all the time. If I have to go back seven years where I'm still in the same job, I still have, I, I would still, yeah. be able, I would absolutely be able to make the most of it. If I could go back and tell my seven, seven years and tell myself something, it would be to get out of debt now. Get out of okay. debt. Get out of debt. And my last seven years would be a roller coaster of nipple farming and cruise ships. <laughs> There's nothing better than farming nipples on a roller coaster. <laughs> it would be it would be fire trucks and helicopter rides and, and okay, I can no, I can see that. My like well, anybody I, that's listening, anybody that's listening right now, if you are in earshot of this podcast, I'm telling you, I'm I'm turning it on a dime here and being serious. Get out of debt as soon as you <laughs> possibly can. You have no idea if you're living in debt right now. You have no idea that unchained feeling of having no debt. Go ahead. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Preach it, brother. That's what I would do. But Okay, so for me, seven years, like, yeah, seven years would suck. What would suck even worse? Ten years. 
Because what would be the difference? Because here's the difference. The the job we work at, seniority mm-hmm. means a lot, right? Yeah. So think about going back ten like for me, going back ten years, I was only a couple years into the job. The the atmosphere of the place was not <laughs> it was kind of yeah. Yeah. I would have had to restart. I had would have had to fucking pay my dues again. I would have had like twelve years would have been the worst. I would have had to pay my dues again. I would have had to go through all the shit again. I could have been wiser. I could have handled some situations better. You know, I had all my information, and my experience. But I, but you can't go to your fucking powers that be at your job and say, "Look, I know it always seems like I started, you know, a couple months ago, but I've really actually been working the job for twelve years. So, you know, how about you recognize and give me some good stuff? You know, blah blah blah. That would suck because a, it's not far enough back for me to make any real, you know significant changes in my life to redirect the flow of my life into somewhere better and b i would have to redo all the fucking bullshit relive all the crap again and again well not again and again again (laughs) just one just one again i would have to relive a lot of that crap again that sucked the first time around without having a real good opportunity to change things for the better maybe a few things here and there but nothing really great Uh, uh that would that would that would be the curse wish for me Wish to go back to my younger self with all my knowledge, but only go back 10 years. Well, I'll tell you that um, if I had to go back 10 years, I would put a humongous bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, yes. Well, what I do is I would I would put a bet on the New York Yankees to win the World Series. I would take that money. I would put it into my bet for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win then I would I would reserve a little bit I'd reserve a, I'd reserve like $10,000 and then in the fourth quarter I'd be in Vegas in the fourth quarter when Arizona takes the lead and they're going to fucking win the game I would say double I would put that down right now that Pittsburgh's going to win this game and I'd be a fucking millionaire <laughs> because Pittsburgh had no fucking business Heinz Ward had no business catching that football and winning that game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. None. And I'd be rich. See, I would, I would, I don't know sports as well as you. I would sit there like, shit, what year did the Patriots play the Giants where the Giants won? Fuck. Like, I'd just be like, holy out for that. I guess. Uh, Well, I guess maybe we. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was 08. And I don't like to be reminded of it. Um, (laughs) Well, you did. Enjoy. See, and then the, there's, there's the curse. Ten years, you got to relive that moment. <laughs> and then the next year, I would bet on the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And then the Green Bay Packers. See, you know, you could you you got your sports almanac, Biff. You could you could. That's go right. See. That's right. So, I would go back. Yeah. And but, so for me, I wouldn't know shit. I wouldn't know shit, and I would. I'd be like, I can't. Like, I would maybe try to scrape some money together to like put some money into Facebook's IPO or something like that. But I, I don't know. I. They weren't public then. Yeah, I would have to hold on, you know, build up, build up, build the, up. The then... big one is Apple. Okay, so anybody back then wishes to no ninety seven into ninety eight, Microsoft bailed out Apple. No, I no, don't. But two thousand seven, Apple was still was doing. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. I'm saying anybody like that wants to travel back in time with me. When we go back in time, we, we're going all the way back, going all the way back to when we were kids. We're not going to change a lot. Hmm. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay the course. Let's be on let I'm I'm saying right now that the kids I have now, I wanna have the kids I have now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You don't wanna 
erase I, anybody from history. That's right. I don't want to upset the apple cart, so I, I still got to do what I got to do. But in 1997 into 1998, I'm gonna buy some. I'm gonna buy as much Apple stock as I can and hang on to that. Let me see what what was Apple stock. Google see, is. no, and I hate to burst your bubble, but you go back in time and change anything one iota, you might have kids with the same woman, but they wouldn't be the same kids. Of course so they there's, would. There's not a chance on the planet. Yes. Like, okay. Statistically speaking, for any one of us to be born is like a one in a billion chance or something like that. Like the, a different sperm cell fertilizes the egg. It's a different person. So okay. all it takes is one second. The stock price yeah. in 1997 was 56 cents. Nice. In 1998, it got up to 95. And by 1999, it was $1.81. So you go back to 1997, you buy as much Apple stock as you can. And let's yep. just say, what is it today? Or at least 2019. Uh, as of July 23rd, it was $208. Jeez. So you could buy a shit ton of Apple stock in 1997. And today you would be... Yep. You you could do whatever you wanted. I mean, yeah, 50 cents, 57 cents. You could buy... You know, ten thousand shares for five. You know, a little over five thousand dollars, and you could scrape together that much. You know, save up all your money if you knew. If you jump back to the eighties and you knew it was coming, you just saved up every fucking extra cent you had. Like ninety seven's coming, ninety seven's coming, ninety seven's coming. All this money's going into buying Apple. Yeah, not not. I'd have to know it was coming because in nineteen ninety seven, I could not have come up with five thousand dollars. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. You mow all yeah. the lawns. I would. I'd have to mow all the lawns. I'd have to. I'd have to wash all the old ladies' cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> wink, wink. Clean what's out the movie? cupboard. Yeah. What's, what's that? The cobwebs. Patrick Dempsey, the one where he's the pizza delivery guy that all the the jiggle. Oh. He's the. Yeah, I know my, what you're talking about. My wife would be punching me in the teeth right now if she knew I couldn't remember the name of that movie. Kirstie Alley's in that one. I remember. Yes. Uh, I don't shit. know. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, so anyway, this is a little tip from your uh, your old friend Tom here. If you go back in time to 1997, <laughs> just uh, get yourself some apples. Don't waste your money on hookers and blow like your plan was to right to do originally. If you go back, get all the hookers and blow you want after after the stock price goes up. Yes, when you can appreciate the high end hookers and the yes. premium cocaine. Yeah, and oh, by the way, do not get a mortgage in two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just kind of ride it out until two thousand eight, and then you can have mm. your pick of whatever you want. I'll buy all the properties I want for a dollar. Yeah, that's actually. Um, one of the best moves I made um, in 2008 af after the crash, uh, I bought a shit ton of like Ford and Disney and stuff like that. And that was, mm. that was actually a pretty smart move. Nice. It's since gone away, but well, did what it needed to did what it needed to. Yeah. That's the trick. You go back in time. You don't need to know sports yeah. teams. You just need to know what brands are successful and what aren't. Uh, uh, you're welcome to the listening audience. You, um, now you know you have a plan because of us. Yes. Whereas uh, we know you won before. Nine uh, at the same time as you're buying your Apple stock, you want to buy eBay and Yahoo. Do you want to buy Yahoo? Uh, yes, if you, you do. get if you get Yahoo, hang on to it for a while. No, well, not as long as the Apple stock. Yahoo fucking split and did all kinds of let's see what Yahoo stock was in two thousand. There was a movie about exactly that. What was it? Frequency with Jim Caviezel. He like was talking to his dad in the past 
eh, it's germane to our topic. He was he from the modern times. He was talking to his like 2000 or something like that. He was talking to his dad back in the freaking 60s or 70s, and he tells his brother in the past Yahoo. Yeah, he's like, it, just remember Yahoo. In if you bought in 97, it was in the fucking basement, <laughs> and then by 2000, it was up almost 120 dollars. Yeah, there you go. It was it was like pennies to 120 bucks. Uh, and this site doesn't tell me as much as I really want. But it tells me that in 2000, it had reached its peak. And then it yeah. dipped. In, yeah. So you you want to buy it in 97. You want to unload and unload it in late 1999. So you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah. Let's look at eBay. Because eBay is one that I almost bought for the fuck of it. Hmm. Um, All-time high eBay stock price was 4619 uh, Why doesn't it? Tell me, I'm still there. Yep, that was bad. Yeah, all right. Here I think go. I blew things up. Yeah. Am I gone again? Uh, there's a lag. Oh yeah, that that that's a bad website. Mm, oh no. Yep. Close that shit up. All right, we <laughs> we better trivia what we can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll give you my trivia question because it sucks balls. It's hard. And oh uh, yeah. Speaking of hard sucking balls. Yeah. Second balls and hardness. Uh, what do these four things have in common? <laughs> uh, they're all your fingers. Republic yes, I am the smartest guy in the world. Republicans. Okay. Anarchists. Okay. Know nothing party and Marxists. What they all have in common? Jeez. Okay. Aside from the absolute obvious thing that they are political affiliation. <laughs> What do those four political affiliations have in common? Marxist, know nothing, anarchist, Republican. They were, they all, Teddy Roosevelt was part of all of them. No. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln was a part of all of them. You're, I'm going to say the words Abraham Lincoln, and I'm then, and then I'm going to touch my nose like you're onto something. I don't okay. know. I don't, I don't know why that means. <laughs> Almost on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, okay. The, I just gave you a huge hint, and if you know yeah, anything about the, history, ah, all four parties were assassinated at some point. Ah, I'm gonna now. I'm putting. Damn my, it! I'm now. I'm gonna double touch my nose. The founders of all four parties were assassinated. Mm, no, an exemplar of all four parties was assassinated. You are. You're so close. You're wicked close. Somebody died. Somebody did times. die. Yes. There were four deaths. I I got nothing. Okay. Nothing else. The uh assassinators. We're all John Wilkes Booth. The four John Wilkes Booth was part of the Know Nothing Party. Ah. The guy that killed McKinley was an anarchist. The guy that killed JFK was a Marxist, and the guy that killed Garfield was a Republican. Oh my god. So the four assassinations of presidents the people doing the assassinating those were their political affiliations that was pretty close I, that was you not, you yeah you pretty close you got there you okay. were you were right church wrong pew i there was was okay i don't know how to yeah you done with your trivia question not i'm done i'm all done that's, that's it i'm gonna try i'm gonna say my trivia question as deadpan as i possibly can that's the, no preamble i'm just gonna say it 
statistically speaking, what is the most dangerous job in U.S. history? Am I allowed to ask questions? Sure. Why not? Too late. I've already done it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you say, did you say the most dangerous job? The most highest fatality rate job in American history. Oh, I know the answer to this. Statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, I remember hearing this statistic. As a percentage. Now I need to... The percent, I'll even give you the percentage. The percentage is like almost 18%. Yeah, but it's people in this field have died. It's something stupid. It's like rodeo clown or mortician or something. I'll give you a big hint if you want it. Yeah, I'll take the big hint. There's a reason I had to be completely deadpan and not comment on this after your question. President of the United States. That's it, dude. And that's that's because of the percentage that have been assassinated. Four out of 45 men, which is almost 18%. So the fact that you asked your question and I had this question prepared last week when we were going to do this, that's fucking eerie, dude. That's a weird. That is like you're eerie. There naming four presidents that got killed. Well, I'm looking at this thing that says four out of 45 men got killed <laughs> during this job. Okay. Well, you know what's it's it's not that it's weird. It's more about the times. Is three of those assassinations happened like within a forty-year span in the late eighteen hundreds? Yeah, like it's almost fashionable at one point. Yes, and and then there were like no assass. There were assassination attempts, but no successful assassinations until JFK, and that was the last one that we. But I'll tell you where my. You want to know how I got the idea for my question? Mm. Is something popped up on my? It might have been a Facebook thing or whatever, and it was like a. Oh no, I. I googled, I googled something. It's my magic thing. I googled to try and get trivia questions. I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> and it took me to a Reddit page where somebody was talking about John Wilkes Booth and how he was the handsomest man alive. He was voted handsomest man alive one year. And I'm like, I'm, that's weird that they've got that. Yeah, yeah. And they went on to talk about that he was a an actor and very popular, and he was a ladies' man and stuff like that. And I'm like. I don't know anything about the other people that like John Wilkes Booth obviously is like legendary, you know, infamous for what he did. Um, and a lot of people know a lot about him, but like, I don't know anything about the other ones. Lee Harvey Oswald, I guess because yeah. he's talked about ad nauseum. Um, but at least the other two, I don't know anything about them. So I, I tried to Google that and I'm, I'm sure I'm on some sort of government list now, a separate <laughs> list that I'm on the other because I, I was like Googling presidential assassinations and stuff like that. Well, you know, what's going to be freaky is if the current president gets assassinated, we're going to get a fucking knock on the door. Yeah. Like if he gets assassinated tomorrow, all of a sudden these two schlubs have made are talking about assassinating the president and then he dies. Uh, what? I'm certain we will not be at the top of any list if the current <laughs> president gets assassinated. I'm sure there are There might be people. other candidates. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure enough people have Googled <laughs> that. Right now, the FBI's wiretaps are exploding with people talking about assassinating the president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that is weird that I had that question and then you had that's, that question. That is. That's that's kismet. That's a cosmic qu- That's We've been doing this podcast too long, I think. What? Inverted mind mouth is what I'm going to call it. Um, we came. It came to us both in a dream. Probably. Serendipity. Oh, it, I'm yeah. sure it did. Yeah, I do have one more that's kind of related. I just why not? Right. All right. Why not? Kind of related. When was the Secret Service formed? And I don't need a, like a date. I just like a what event caused the Secret Service to be, or at what coincidence? I guess I should say was the time that. Um, I think Teddy Roosevelt was shot and then gave a speech. Mm. But I also feel like that's too late. 
I'd say the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Close enough. If Lincoln created the Secret Service the day he was assassinated. <laughs> hey, guys, we might want to put in some <laughs> protection just in case somebody sneaks up behind me and shoots me in the back of the head. Oh, that's happening now? Okay, my bad. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me sign this. No. <laughs> but it's the it's a less poignant anecdote than you would think because originally the Secret Service wasn't to protect the president, would it say? Uh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have saved Lincoln. The original purpose was to combat widespread currency counterfeiting. Right. It wasn't until 1901, so yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, that his purpose was to protect the president. Yeah, I I want to say this is another admission. Do you remember me admitting that I was totally and completely I had no idea what gravity was and what kept humans on the planet. <laughs> I like at too late of an age did I realize what gravity how humans were kept on the planet and whatever. Anyway, that's another thing. I learned at a really <laughs> late date that the Secret Service also took care of counterfeiting and stuff like that. And I learned from an inmate. <laughs> oh, wow. I um, I was an, a huge history buff in high school. We, like, there were three or four of us at, in class that basically knew everything. We like they, we ran the Jeopardy. We'd do like a history Jeopardy in class, and we like ran it. We, we were we considered ourselves quite big history buffs. And I didn't know that the <laughs> Secret Service <laughs> did more than just protect the president. And I think that that is a you know I'm not going to fault my teacher because it's something that we never do. I'm going to fault like Hollywood. No, fuck him, fuck him, yeah, fuck him. Oh no, I love Mister Philbrick. He was okay. awesome. Uh, but um, I think Hollywood might have been the culprit there because i think there are so many hollywood didn't teach you they should have taught me they should have taught me that it was more about counterfeiting bills than see now i knew it and i honestly think i knew it like by my early 20s i'm not saying i knew it in high school but i might have i don't know yeah i didn't there were too many things for me to pay attention to in high school other than school work yeah but it's one of those like i was in this i'm almost certain that in my physical science class they told me all about gravity <laughs> and i was just like going when the fuck is the bell gonna ring because i went to school at fast times at ridgemont high yeah that did it that that was it phoebe cates, uh, phoebe cates yeah. was endlessly stepping out of the pool that's okay i, I knew somebody over and over and over I, I knew somebody that didn't realize that Dolphins were mammals until way later than he should have. And you know who you are. And I'm never going to let it go. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you think I'll ever forget, I will not. Like I'm talking teenager didn't realize dolphins weren't fish. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought they were chickens. Aren't they chicken of the sea? They are chicken Wait, no, of the those, sea. Those are tunas. Yeah. How much tuna do you think is actually dolphin? Let's be honest. Well, quite a bit. I'm going to guess. Yeah, a lot of dolphin in there. Well, a lot of flipper. Cool. Yep. Well, then, I think it's uh, time to say goodbye. All right. Who are you? Uh, I am Tom Nipple Farmer with him saying, right. dip me in your Monday milk. And since you stole it, which I knew you would. Wait, you were going <laughs> to be a you Nipple would. Farmer? I was going to be something Nipple, and but I absolutely knew you were going to take it ahead of me. So I'll come up with something else. I am Bob Dolphin Eater Scully. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about Bob uh, Tree Shaker? Scully. Ah, I am Bob Maurice <laughs> Scully. <laughs> Bob, take the money and run, Scully. <laughs> Wait, Bob Mellow Yellow Scully? Or am I off on that one? Uh, Bob um, Jet Airliner. Good enough, Scully. 
<laughs> yes. I like All right. It. Well, dip me in your money milk, and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Nuggins. Bye-bye. Bye.